0: welcome to words unbound the social and emotional value of written art thank you for choosing to listen folks and blokes of all sorts and all around i am zaria clancy i appreciate you for sharing your time and attention with me today i will be sharing how to disappear by ray Armantrout, as well as ode to plastic cups by naomi ortiz After that, I will share some news about the Omaha Housing Authority's plans to revamp its public housing. Finally, I will share my response to the previous prompt and share a new one. That said, here we go. Starting off is How to Disappear by Ray Armantrout. You had been swinging restlessly between the appearance of spontaneity and the appearance of serious thought. You had been changing lanes after a glance in a mirror honest about its tendency to distort. What choice did you have? It was soothing to watch wisps of smoke from a nearby chimney disappearing one by one. Do you like pulses, ridges, ripples stretching into obscurity? Would you prefer a flicker to a steady light source? This one stutters slightly, hesitant, as if it could hold something in reserve. So how to disappear, I mean, this has been in some ways very immediately meaningful to me yet really difficult to put into words. Um, My, Feelings after reading really leave me with a sense of internal contradiction, which I am honestly enjoying more than expected. Um, first off, I'd like to touch on the words after a glance in a mirror honest about its tendency to distort. I immediately understood this as a reference to the whole, you know, objects in mirror are closer than they appear, marking on many uh, like side view mirrors and vehicles. The context surrounding these lines, however, um, Kind of sounds like uh like like they're describing a, a car accident that results in a death, right? Like how to disappear. Talking about the someone you had been swinging restlessly, um. And and I have to wonder if they were, you know, watching wisps of smoke, in their mirror and and were distracted or or, or you know what, what the idea there is. I'm not a hundred percent, but. Um, you know, I feel like it implies some kind of death. Um, I can also interpret it as uh, an existential reference to our inability to avoid using a distorted mirror for this purpose. Like, what choice do we have, but to be bound by our perception? You know, by this uh, aspect of relativity, um, where we're really just comparing, you know, each other's perceptions to try to get at the truth, which none of us quite see, right? Um, yeah I mean ultimately I I mean I love the final stanza but like I kind of hinted at earlier or that like final stanza in that first section that it was soothing to watch wisps of smoke from a nearby chimney disappearing one by one like I love that stanza um, but it's like I don't I don't want to interpret it as a death but like (laughs) what it feels like. Um, I mean, it's beautiful nonetheless. It brings to mind, you know, the e- evanescent nature of a plume of smoke dissipating into the atmosphere. Um, moving on in that poem, uh, I feel a reference to kind of that impermanent nature of action and existence, Kind of, kind of connecting to the plumes of smoke, but now ripples stretching into obscurity. It reminds me of the propagating effects of our actions as they spread out from us concentrically. Um, moving on to this mention of hesitance that brings to mind what may be being criticized, uh, you know, this as, as if, right? As if I could hold something, or as if it, as if it could hold something in reserve. Um, I feel that as a reference to like the, the speaker, the writer, um, like, as if I could hold something in reserve. Um, you know, maybe, maybe they're mourning um, after this death, and they don't have the strength to hold anything in reserve, but they're still quiet, you know, hesitant, as if they were, right? Uh, but really, they're just um, despondent. Um, can also see it as, um, some kind of understanding that holding something in reserve isn't actually possible. Like maybe you feel like it, but there there's, you know, no truth to that. Um, you know, that intentionally stuff, snuffing out your light does not benefit yourself later. Um, but I do, I do like the metaphor in general, um, Right, the do you like pulses, talking about a um, a flicker to a steady light source. Um, yeah, it. I, I like I like the metaphor, of seeing our interactions um, with each other as these pulses, with with propagating ripples of of effect. Um, ultimately, I mean, I found this poem delightfully honestly delightfully challenging, and full of potential interpretation. I would love to hear what others may think about it. Um, Huge thank you to poetryfoundation.org for making this available online to read, as well as the upcoming second poem, which I will be moving on to now. This one is titled, Ode to Plastic Cups by Naomi Ortiz. Weight of both reusable glass Plus liquid means my wrist twists down the only direction it bends sends drink to splash on carpets or slippery floor. Worse yet, non-flexing elbow means arm smacks cup across room with accidental gusto at least once a week. Beloved coffee cups shatter into hundreds of pieces. Must dredge energy to clean up now hot beverages. My expensive habit. At restaurants, I have to ask for a straw. Slick perspiring drink. Pointless to even try to lift to lips with fingers, hand, shoulder. Instead, I bat and slide glass across tabletop. Position straw below mouth. Sip and push it back. Nudge. Shift. Accept. Every once in a while, I miscalculate. Or glass bottom catches on table surface to topple and douse eating companion with cold beverage, saturate my clothes and shoes good, unless the cup is plastic. Oh, chemically bonded vessel with your springy forgiveness, to bounce passively on floor, patiently listless You wait for me to retrieve you in my own time. Oh, plastic cup, with your bright, shiny colors, your fun designs, your resilient sides. As scooter squeezes you between wheel and wall, you may bend, but do not crack where you lie. Weight light, large brim, I can sip straight from the rim. Glossy red party cups sold in long plastic bags last me month-long jags. I stock up dollar store deals just what works for my body. Call it an accommodation, this need for plastic cups. As disabled person, independence is precarious. Daily life and reason, constructed upon a wobbly set of crip hacks, get me from can't to good enough. Where is my place in zero waste? So, yeah, as a, as a person with a disability, I can understand, to some degree, the paradox where some aspects of the collective good are disharmonic at times with accessibility issues. Um, I don't have significant physical struggles, um, but I often struggle to interact with technology due to, due to um, UX design being very socio-normalized in ways that don't make much sense to me despite the general access to and development of technology being an incredible boon to our society in many ways. However, that doesn't make up for the fact that people with disabilities are often accidentally excluded from basic life activities because of the systems being poorly designed for accessibility. Um, I feel like, I mean, the poem is, is straightforward. I mean, it's, it's very, uh, very descriptive of this experience um, and I love, um, I mean, I don't love, like, it's not good that it happens, um, but I like to talk about, cause it needs to be talked about. Um, I have a, uh, a, a thing I like to say, you know, what happens when you have, uh, for example, two people with autism spectrum disorder and one person's, uh, you know, say like they, they have a, um, like I might have a repetitive action I do to calm myself, but what if that makes a noise that another person with autism spectrum disorder is is very sensitive to um, and can't function while I'm doing that? Right now you have a situation where you know two different people with disabilities are um, kind of at odds. Like their accommodations are at odds with each other. What do you do? Right. How do you decide, you know, whose accommodation uh, you you go with? Um, Is one person uh, have a a larger disability than the other? You know, it it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to approach the conversation that way. And I don't have an answer, um, which is why I like to bring this up, um, because I really don't have an answer to it. Um, But I, I do think it needs to be thought about. And I, I do think um, we as as a collective whole need to be thinking really hard when we make changes to, uh, you know, to our society at large, you know, we, we have to be asking people, hey, is this going to affect you? Is there anything that we can do to make sure that, you know, you maintain accessibility while we make these changes? Um, so it's very important to have those voices, um, heard, um, which is especially difficult considering how, how much of a minority, um, they can be. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just, it's a lovely philosophical conversation to have. And when I say lovely, I mean difficult because apparently that's, uh, what I enjoy. (laughs) Um, but it's a beautiful poem. I love it. I like this kind of anti, (laughs) anti, uh, not anti-recycling, but like you know, anti-zero-waste stance. Um, uh, We're not really anti, but at least questioning it. Um, And I think there's um, a lot of fun can be had when we start questioning um, things that you know they they sound good. Zero waste. It's like, oh yeah, that's just great for everybody, right? Like I can't even imagine a situation where that. Uh, causes issues. And is like, well, here you go. All the stuff you didn't think about. Um, um, but yeah, I love it. Moving on, though, here's some more news, once again, from the Flatwater Free Press. This uh, article being titled, Facing Tight Budgets and Rising Costs, Agency Plans to Overhaul Omaha's Aging Public Housing. So this article is talking about the Omaha Housing Authority, and um, it, it it owns uh, you know properties that are for like low income housing vouchers, Section 8, um, things like that. However, they've been having a lot of issues with falling behind on on maintenance. Um, having I mean, there's lawsuits being filed against them for you know, not having heat, uh, having uh, infestations, um, not having fire alarms or ha- having ones that don't work. Um, so some really, really awful conditions um, some of these people have been living in. Um, and so obviously uh, there's some need for, for maintenance, but it seems like the, uh, the response by the Omaha Housing Authority is um, is to simply uh, like demolish and replace um, the public housing that is there. Now they are um, intending to replace them with mixed income, and and some of that will include um, some public housing, some some um, Section Eight uh, like voucher. Uh, Available. They'll be accepting uh, accepting those methods of payment. I suppose you could say, Um, but it won't be entirely. uh, They won't be replacing them entirely with um, that type of public housing. Um, There's a lot to consider. when you do something like this, when you're deciding not to maintain, but rather demolish, um, all the people living there have to vacate. Um, And as terrible as the conditions might be, it can be very difficult to find housing, um, even with um, a a large amount of time uh, of notice, especially if you are needing to use housing vouchers because finding a landlord that accepts them can be very difficult. Um however um one thing as well is when they convert um properties through what's called the rental assistance demonstration which allows univer- units to be converted from public housing to voucher based housing <laughs> um when they when they convert it through that program it's possible that the property management um could change and that can be well that can be for the better or worse as they say in the article um, yeah uh, there is some um, um, there's some bits in here about um, they the tenants of Hold on, yeah the abandoned Spencer Homes East um, development the uh, tenants have vacated more than 18 months ago but uh, the demolition has not proceeded because the demolition costs um, have been apparently have been high in recent times um, and so they haven't been carrying out the demolition which is delaying the the, the project to create more housing and in the meantime you know, where do all the, those people go, <laughs> you know, um, we, uh, are, are lacking, uh, affordable housing. So, you know, in, in the meantime, um, you know, what are, what are we doing, uh, to make up for this building that's now just standing there being unused? Um, but yeah, it's a interesting, I mean, I would, I would highly suggest it's, is a, it's a, it's a, it's a large, not large, medium-sized article. <laughs> um, I would highly suggest checking it out on the Flatwater Free Press website. Um, they go into a lot of detail about you know, what's going on surrounding um, this issue, including some comments on the uh, Build It Back Better um, plan that uh, Omaha, or Nebraska Congressman Don Bacon voted against. <clears throat> which would have um, potentially helped. Um, I don't know all the specifics about that, that bill, but <clears throat> there is some, some in, more in-depth information in the article if you are interested. <clears throat> However, I will be moving on to our final section. Um, last episode, we had a poem about the Christmas carp And that brought up some questions about morality. And uh, that's kind of what I formed the prompt around. So here's my response to the last episode's prompt about morality. The title of this poem is, Are We Though? Who are we? Are we better? Better be. Making false idols of ourselves Replace our human slaves with the children of others force bred to be docile, but what do they want? To be cared for or to be free? I remember before his passing, Sonny sleeping on his side, legs trotting through his dreams, grunting little barks. Was he running away or toward? What? Does it matter now? For he has passed away except in pictures and memories, chasing his tail and demanding all the ear and belly rubs. I hope he had a good time. I hope he deserves it. For today's prompt, I ask something simple, yet difficult. I would like to ask you to write about a challenge or the challenges if multiple, that you face, whether it be the universal human struggle or some unique difficulty that only you face or some minority that you belong to. Write to kind of inform others about the experience of this challenge, how it feels, what it looks like. Um, you know, it can be descriptive um, as far as. Like visually descriptive, like what does it look like? Um, Kind of like with the Ode to Plastic Cups, um, lots of great um, visual and and active description. Um, And or how does it feel? Um, What do you think about it? Um, You know, when you go home and you sit back and you're like contemplating, you know, this challenge that you face, what does it feel like? Um, do you feel ostracized? You know, um, do you feel tired? Do you feel invigorated? Do you feel, you know, what, what, what is it? You know, what does this challenge do to you? Um, or write about anything you'd like and send it in to wordsunboundpodcast at gmail.com. Um, please feel free to submit feedback ask questions, or simply say hi. That's wordsunboundpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. You can refer to me as Zaria Clancy. That's at ambivalentzela on Instagram, where I post poetry and stuff sometimes. Uh, Words Unbound now has its own Instagram account at words.unbound.project as well, where you can find uh sometimes poems, sometimes uh, announcements uh, for doing a writing workshop uh, occasionally. Uh, this has been episode nine of Words Unbound, The Social and Emotional Value of Written Art. Remember, for those moments when you can't put it into words, put it into poetry. Thank you for sharing your time and attention with me. I appreciate you.